host. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. In this podcast series, we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, outline insight about early development, and talk about life as a parent or caregiver in these early years of parenthood. The mission of Strength in Words is to share that information by offering parent education programming and to promote caregiver-baby interaction by offering a supportive, uplifting space for all families to connect and learn through information, access to ideas, and access to each other. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll take just a moment of your time to leave a review on iTunes. This allows us to reach more families and share our values of education, inclusivity, simplicity, and respect when it comes to early learning and early parenthood. To receive my free infant toddler development blueprint and ensure you know about all our upcoming events and resources from Strength in Words, head to www.strengthinwords.com blueprint. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to Ayelet, hello to the singers, hello, 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 hello. Hello to the babies, hello to the toddlers, hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I will help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your baby's name, hello to your name, hello, 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 everybody, hello, everybody, hello, hello, hello. Today we're bringing back a special guest on Strength in Words, Rachel Kammeyer, a speech-language pathologist and mother of a brand new baby and a toddler. Let's welcome her back to the show. Hello to Rachel, hello to Rachel, hello, 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 everybody, hello, everybody, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 75 of the Strength in Words podcast. Today I'm speaking with Rachel Kammeyer, the mother of an eight-week-old baby and a nearly two-year-old toddler. I had Rachel on the podcast back on episode 58 when her son was about to turn one, but let's see where she is now. All right, so Rachel, let's get started. I would love to ask you, why don't you give us a little bit of a background? We chatted a little bit before the launch of the first book, Understanding Your Baby. A few things have changed for you since then. You are now also in the process of reading Understanding Your Toddler. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you and who you are and what your family looks like these days? So I am Rachel Kammeyer. I have a background in speech pathology. I had been working primarily with adults in the geriatric and brain injury communities. And then I had my first little guy who will be two in April. And since then, I've become a lot more interested again in the early childhood side of things. And then at the end of December, we welcomed little Bridget to our house. So now I have an eight-week-old and we are a family of four. Amazing. Congratulations. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So we've got the two under two thing going for us. Brave lady. Yep. (laughs) You're not alone. So tell me a little bit about because you are in the sort of unique, not unique, unique, but in the interesting, unique position of actually reading both of the books right now at mm-hmm. the same time. I know that since you had already skimmed through understanding your baby 
previously when your son was just about to turn one, basically. Yeah. You have a sense of how it's a pretty quick read. It's an easy read. It's, you know, it's short and sweet. But now you have two, under two. What is it like? Did you have some skepticism about what it would be like to actually read some books? <laughs> Sit down and, and find time to read the books? Or what, what's that like for you? I, I think it was actually the opposite. What happened was I felt like I knew what I was doing because this wasn't my first rodeo. And motherhood is such a double-edged sword of feeling like you've got this while simultaneously feeling like you have no idea what you're doing. Oh, yeah. And around Bridget's six-week time frame, when my mom had left, she was here for four and a half amazing weeks. And we were really in the thick of like just being a family of four. And my toddler was, William was doing a really good job of adapting to his sister, but we had a lot of rain and our routine, we didn't have a routine. We were trying to figure out what our new routine was going to look like. And that's when it sort of dawned on me that I had the resource that I needed to help in this exact situation. I had the toddler book for my toddler and I had the baby book for my baby. And in the moment of sitting there, I pulled up the one where it talks about giving your baby time to rest, Mm -hmm. like downtime. And I was like, Oh, it's okay that she's sleeping a lot. It's okay that I'm not like totally in her face, like all the time doing the things that I did maybe as a first time mom jumping right in and being like, Oh, look, I've got this baby I need to nurture. And I can do that because like, look, I'm home and it's great. And so that immediately just helped me feel relaxed and better. And then I was like, Oh, and next week, I can see what's on the plate for the next week. Like, I don't have to read ahead and like start getting one foot ahead of the other. I can just save this for when I'm nursing, just check in on Sunday when she rolls over to the next week, make that my new habit and do the same with William. Just like I have the two books side by side in my drive so I can just swipe between them (laughs) and um, get some ideas. And the nice thing with the toddler book is because I've been reading it as a part of the the pre-read, the launch team, I jumped to his age group first. And then I realized that I needed to read a little bit ahead for him because he's definitely moving along at a good clip. But then I got to go back in the past few days and go back to the introduction and check in with all of that other early stuff. And that's actually been very helpful because it helps me really, I've been really interested in play lately, not just because of the lab and all of your good work on it, but because we're thinking about preschool mm-hmm. and thinking about what William will need as a person and where we want to like take his education route. And the more and more I learn and the more and more I read, I just really want play to be an important part of it. And I've had conversations with other parents that are like, well, we want more academics because our kid is interested in that. And I'm like, I just, I don't know how to articulate, but I don't think they're, they're, they're not two different things that you can treat them like they're two different things. But I just, I just don't feel like they are. And I was reading your introduction just this morning and I watched that Carol Westby talk yesterday and I was like, yeah, okay, okay, play. And then what's nice about the toddler book for me is that the talk sections I got down. The play I realized because I, I, for example, I didn't do a lot of ECI work. I only worked with kids that were three and up. And when I worked in the schools, I was doing a lot of activity, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't doing a whole lot of like on the floor play with that population. And uh, it's been really nice to read those tips on play like how to make the two trains talk to each other and have their experience because I'm like oh usually he's the one I I do a lot of like child-led like he's the one with the trains even with all 
my experience, it didn't dawn on me to get on the floor and pretend to be another train with him and like talk to him on the train. I know. And, and so that's what I love about the book is it's like, it's one little sentence that can just like radically alter what you're doing, maybe in a moment and you feel good about it. You feel like you don't have to stress about it because it's one tiny little thing, like one little detail and it's just using what you already have. But it's also like a little revolutionary sometimes, especially when you are really tired and you've spent all morning and all you've really managed to accomplish is feeding everyone and getting everyone dressed and that took three hours and yet you know that that actually was an accomplishment because it, it did take three hours to do a that. minor miracle in <laughs> fact yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh totally and yeah I love what you say about how it's just that tiny little shift that you can make that can actually make a difference I find that so so much to be true you know when I read a new book that I've never read about play or infants or toddlers because mm -hmm. it's somebody saying the same thing in just a slightly different way for instance and yeah. even then you're like oh yeah yeah that's a great way to think about it and I think also as yeah. professionals working with families we're always looking for new ways to explain things to parents and caregivers as well mm -hmm. because as parents we tend to get in not in a, a rut but we get in our own routine we get yeah. in this sort of limiting factors of trying to balance everything and trying to get through the day mm -hmm. <laughs> Those are limiting factors, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, when we can use exactly like you said, the things that we're already doing, the time we're already spending, and then shift something just a tiny bit, that can yeah. be really useful. I would love to know what are some of the things, describe to me a moment that instigates you going to the books. I think the easiest way to describe this, I'm sure, is when you have a free hand, obviously, <laughs> because as you sit here with me, feeding your baby in one hand and on the phone with the other that's clearly the answer but is there any other time that instigates you heading to either book yeah so one of the things that's been intriguing to me sort of as a researcher parent clinician is William's language is really advanced but he's still very much a 22 month old yes and so there are a lot of times when I see him doing a skill that might indicate my expectation for him might be too high for other things so I've been really using the book a lot to kind of check in to kind of you know puzzle piece together where William is and what I need to do for him for example one of the things that I've been doing a lot of it's not the drilling kill kind of like what is that what is that what is that lately I've been asking him a lot of questions about well why did that happen what happened because he's been doing a lot of testing behavior and I loved I absolutely loved the part and I told my husband right after I read it about how at this age they're little scientists and they're doing a little controlled experiment to see if they get the same results when they replicate their action across context and I love that. That really resonated because that, in that moment, that's what I needed to see that he's not only testing, is it okay to throw a ball in the house? Is it okay to throw a lid at your sister? Is it okay to bang on the table in this context, but not this context? And it really helped me frame my perspective that, okay, this is totally, it's not just is it age appropriate, but what he's doing is he's looking to me for the guidance of what can I get away with because well, I need to know what's safe and what's acceptable and I need you to explain it to me. Yeah. So I've been trying over the past couple of days to reframe his analysis of it and take that burden off of him yeah. and just say that is unsafe because it's 
hurting the table or this is unsafe because your sister is here or that's actually just really annoying and mommy is getting uncomfortable having to listen to you say this over and over again can you try to maybe tell me something else I think you might be feeling like this are you feeling like this we also tried taking away his binky this week and that you can let me know what chapter that's in (laughs) so for me the the book has been a moment where I I think okay I'm seeing something and I kind of want to know how I can do more or less to meet him where he is and I need to figure out where he is and so the other thing that's been really nice with the book when I go to it is when a friend comes and asks me about something and then I can say actually my friend just wrote this book (laughs) but I'm not trying to sell it it's really I mean I would like to help you but also it's just is we're all asking the same questions. And, you know, we tend to, you know, you're always saying we don't parent in isolation, but when you're at home alone with your kid, it often just does feel like you're isolated with, you know, a tiny dictator and you're wondering, you know, what the next steps are. And um, I've lately felt, because I am literally sitting in a corner nursing now, a lot more of his day, am I providing him an appropriate level of, of engagement? And obviously, like my mom, she had this huge joke with me because I think Bridget was like two weeks old and William was getting very needy. And obviously I was really feeling the loss of just William. Like I was not, it's a thing, like in a lot of ways, like our relationship shifted and I felt it just as acutely as he did. And it's a weird thing you can't explain to people, but there's this loss of that time. And like, but I would, I would cry in front of my husband. I'd be like, you know, it's just really hard right now because I miss William. Like I miss, I miss him because I'm, I'm over here doing this with Bridget. And I looked at my mom at one point and I was like, yeah, like I know Bridget's needs are like almost as important as William, like feeding her. And he's like, do you hear yourself? I do. Okay. Play is not actually equal to like Bridget eating. But But it feels like that. It feels because he has been, he was your world. He was your your only child, the only person you were responsible for, Mm -hmm. aside from yourself and maybe your husband a little bit. (laughs) Oh, that guy, right. Uh, (laughs) And then all of a sudden that is just turned up on its head. And and of course you feel that way, of course, because that has been the most important thing. And you know the value of it. You know the value of what input, all that input that you've, been giving him and then and then suddenly you can't do it the same way that's the end of that sentence you can't do it the same way and that's where the book is also very helpful because talk and sing and move are parts of it so we're still moving but when I'm sitting there in the corner nursing on the sofa and he's playing in front of me how can I still engage him in these two different modalities that we can still be connected and also she'll be getting the indirect she's now she's hearing the singing and she's hearing the talking and that's good for her too although she gets overstimulated during the day and she doesn't really come alive until he's asleep so it's definitely that's when I've been accessing the toddler book is really trying to figure out where William is and what he needs like a problem solving tool I guess Although I think once like I've read through it for the purposes of helping launch, I think what I'll just be doing is going back to the week by week or the month by month, you know, because it goes through the month and it has the different like social emotional. And that's something today I was thinking about with the binky was that William was always really good at self-soothing, but a lot of that came from this oral component. He got a rash 
and that's what facilitated taking the biggie away is because I think he's teething and I think that saliva created a rash and we just needed to remove the binky for it to get better and we explained that to him and he understood rash but he's been waking at night and he's been really a lot more challenging during the day and it kind of dawned on me about 48 hours ago that the binky probably has something to do with it right and I didn't give him a replacement behavior I wasn't going to tell him to suck at some and I wasn't going to hand him food but I didn't really know what I could do instead for him and then one of the, the chapters I think somewhere around 24 months, was talking about the social emotional needs of the kid and and labeling the feelings and saying, you know, are you experiencing this? And kind of talking them through that. And I realized this might be an opportunity for me to use that that dialogue when I see he's starting to tither and he either asks for the binky or he's like looking for that. We can start using some of that language to help. Are you feeling like you need a break? Are you like, I need to start giving him some way that we can communicate what he, to, to, to help him grow in that. I may also just give him the binky back for a little bit because I'm not sure I'm ready. <laughs> but I don't, it's like sleep training, you know, you could go lots of different schools of thought on it. But it became very clear to me that that was a crutch for him and I took it away mm-hmm. and I didn't give him another tool. But in the book, that could be an opportunity for me to help give him something else instead. And so I need to read that again. Well, that's really interesting how you describe that because I think that is some really good information about how the book can be used because although it may not address specifically how to take the pacifier away and remove that Mm -hmm. from your child's life there are tools that you learn because the book literally is about understanding your toddler yeah how they learn in all these different ways and what's going on with them you know, cognitively, communicatively, motorically, social, emotionally, and how we can support those things, that you can take the tools that you're learning from each of the sections in the book and apply them to all the different specific situations right. in your life. Right. You're facing. It's not like you're not going to address his social emotional needs until 25 months, you know, or right. right. That's just a section of that talks about this is a good opportunity for that for where they are in this new period of transition or whatever. Yeah. And, um, or, you know, you're always going to be addressing their social emotional needs, but like the social stories thing that was really useful because we had been using transition objects mm-hmm. for a long time, which is something that, you know, you talk about in the baby book. Yeah. Um, can you, why don't you tell a little bit about that so that people who are listening? Embedded in your routine are your environmental objects that you use throughout the day. And so for children, oftentimes transitions going from a preferred activity to something that's less preferred, or even just going from one activity that's interesting to another can be challenging. And so having a tool, like a, a literal object that they need for the next thing or something that they can carry with them to the next activity is a nice way of helping them transition and redirect their attention and anticipate what's next or understand what's next, understand what they need to do or what they know what's going to happen to them. And so, for example, like when William was a lot younger, we had a particular towel that we would use for part of the the routine to get out of the shower. And it was the duck towel and he loved the duck towel. And then we had a duck towel ceremony where we sat on the duck towel for the story time. And then what that turned into was the next step was turning off the light and he 
could turn the light off himself. And so the scene was full of these punctuation marks of objects that would guide him to what's next. And he loves them. And we've been using them for a long time. So with the screen time being so powerful Mm -hmm. and dinner time not necessarily being as rewarding, having that extra visual of, okay, this is what's expected of you because we he knows what's next. He knows now that dinner is always after Wookiee and he knows where he sits. But the picture gave him the sense of, oh, this is what it's going to look like when it's finished, when I'm sitting there getting into my stool and he could carry the picture and we can put it on the table where he's going to go and he could reference it. He could see it. Now, the next day we did have a big meltdown in that process, but there was a lot more going on. Dinner was later. He was hungrier. Again, there was no binky during the day, so I'm pretty sure he had some pent up feelings about that. So it's not like everything always works 100% all of the time. No tool is that useful. It's something that now I, I just keep it under the laptop, you know, and if there are other things that become challenging, we can write little social stories along the way. And so that was a great way of seeing something that you use for understanding your baby transition to the needs of the toddlerhood. Nice. It, it's not like once you've read one book, you're going to be able to deal like without the book for the next one. It's that these piggyback off of each other. And also the dynamic nature <laughs> of a child who's growing is it's something that has worth can continue to work, but you have to tweak it a little bit. And that that tweak was very helpful for us mm-hmm. because Lippy is five feet from the dinner table. So it's not like he had to go far, but those are the longest five feet. <laughs> yeah. times the and there are little steps that have to happen. Like Lippy yeah. has to get turned off. Yeah. I have to yeah. go over there and remove my eyes from it. That doesn't sound fun. Yeah, that is, no, there's no, that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But it, it's been really good too, because, you know, as one of the things about being a stay-at-home parent is it's a little bit harder to bounce your ideas off of people in like a context of just sitting here having a one-on-one conversation like we are right now. So right now in my head, it's like ping, ping, ping. Like I'm thinking about a lot of different things because the speech therapist inside of me is well aware of all these techniques, but often they were for older children or children who had a very specific kind of disorder that this might be for, and they needed even more structure and even more overt labeling of the elements of the transition. And if that's where you're always thinking about going, the more complicated thing, then the book is really nice because nothing in the book is too complicated. <laughs> right. And it's, it's a so great fun. tool that you can use for a child who is developing along a typical or even advanced or a child who is delayed, experiencing delays. Yeah. It's all because it is that basic, how do children learn and develop at this around these levels of zero to three years? And it it does happen for every child, regardless of their chronological age, developmental age, where they are in that spectrum. But if any human, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, in Silicon Valley or in Nairobi or anywhere in between and whatever socioeconomic bracket you fall under, this is how humans learn. Now, how you implement that is also, of course, going to be determined by your own culture, your own predisposition, your own interest and how, you know, comfortable you are with using the sing pillar or whether you're more of a, a move kind of a 
parent or whether you are very comfortable like yourself with talking, but that's it. It's, it's giving you tools for whatever style you, wherever you are naturally or wherever you would like to take yourself. Or the temperament of your child, you know, like I have a really strong suspicion that move is not going to be as important for Bridget as it is for William. And so in some ways I'll have to challenge her in that way, but she really loves singing. And um, so she gets to listen to your album a lot. So she'll know what a real pretty singing voice is. But yeah, the first time she really lit up and connected with me was when I was singing our Good Morning song together with William. And I was like, oh, I am going to have to sing again. Because I think one of the first times we talked was that I was really reluctant to sing to my kid. Because I'm like, she doesn't know that I have a very mediocre voice. It doesn't matter yeah. what, what kind of voice. Mommy's voice, yeah. yeah. But that's how I've been accessing the book and thinking about them. So understanding your baby, it's been nice to just go chapter by chapter again because that helps. Honestly, like this time is going so much faster with number two. It's really, I, you don't want to feel like you're cheating yourself or your kid out of like, so I'm not in a rush to move ahead with that. It's weird. She's almost, she's almost two months old. And I'm like, how did that happen? So You've spoken a little bit of, about the impact that it's had on your life. What kind of impact do you imagine it might have on, on other families? What would you say to someone who's, you know, looking at a couple of toddler books, potentially? Why oh, yeah. is this one a good one? This one is great because it's evidence-based. So I know it's pulled from a lot of different research sources versus like one person peddling one philosophy. I think there are a lot of toddler books that say this is the way to do something. And this book is, this is how kids learn. These are things you can do. I do plan on trying to, so when I give this talk to the parents club, I'm very much going to emphasize that there are tools out there because everyone wants to know, well, what can I do? Like, I know that this is important, but what do I do? And yeah. I think the brilliance of this book is in a very digestible content, a manageable amount of content, you have in any given time, a framework for how to do something. You've got the move, the thing, the play and the talk. And then you've also got one idea or two ideas or the flexibility within each idea of how to do that. And none of it requires anything particular except for the things you have in your environment that are already there. Yeah. So I can't think of a more simple or straightforward way of enriching a child than to say, you can read in four to five minutes this section on this age group and have 15 to 20 new ways of accessing what your child needs. You don't get more bang for your buck than that, you know? <laughs> and then there's nothing you have to buy. It's like, hey, look, like one of the things I did with William, so for his age, you were talking about categorization. Mm -hmm. And William has, he learned his colors and he is really interested in where things go. He knows that things have a home. And I've never really overtly talked about, oh, you know, we've talked about the categories of things or the kinds of things are, but I never sat down and did like a sorting task with him. I thought, well, maybe I should do that sometime. And then, but I don't have to, no pressure. It's just, yeah. you know, he's going to get it anyway. Yep. God willing. He is. But one day, yeah, he is. Because then, you have kitchen things in your kitchen. And bathroom things yeah. in your bathroom. Exactly. So we were sitting down the other day and I was trying to fold laundry. And I was like, oh, I dumped out the socks. And I said, hey, let's match the socks. Nice. Let's put our socks together. Because some of the socks have days of the week. 
and some of them just had colors. And it was a fun 10 minute, 15 minute little activity we could do together. So it was his one-on-one time with me while she was sleeping. But it was also a really nice way of kind of helping him. He loved, he took the lead. He would pick up the sock and then he does this really cute thing now where he'll be like, how about this one? How about about? And so he would like deliberately get them wrong and say no. And instead of like just jumping in and being like, you know which one it is, I'm just like, oh, okay, how about that one? And then later when we're all they were all laid out, I was like, oh, some of these seem like they might not be a match. What do you think? And then it was really like it was so easy. It was and it's fun and nice and I would tell someone I made sorting socks with my son into a really great cognitive task and the only thing it took was like 15 minutes versus like a slapdash let's put the socks away two minutes you know or however long it takes to put socks away so <laughs> well for you <laughs> yeah for me it could have taken 15 minutes regardless but um but he didn't dump the socks out you know it was really deliberate it was so that's the kind of thing that I think a lot of us want and that's what I would explain to someone, you know, I think that this book is a really great tool for letting you figure out things to do in your own home or things to do in the car or things to do with your family. Things to do with the things you're already doing. Exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. And I know like I, I have a hard time where I don't like sounding preachy because, but I swear, like if given the opportunity to talk about a tool that is very useful, I think this would be the top one that I would mention. Ooh, that's high praise. But I also would say that you draw from some of the other resources that I've also found. And so that's the other reason that I, I trust it. Yeah. And so a lot of people, you know, like the the holistic view of learning and understanding the neuroscience behind toddlerhood, I think really is an important part of not just seeing everything a toddler does as a behavior, yes. as this acting out, as this super negative time because really for them it's a super challenging time because their brain is exploding but it's also like this is their world is getting bigger and bigger and bigger every day and there's more and more that they need to do with that and you know if you have the the privilege or the luxury of being able to directly involve yourself in your child's care one day a week seven days a week it's great to know oh this is this is something I can help them in this world be a little world ambassador yeah so you are currently a stay-at-home parent what about for a working parent is this a good tool for a working parent I can see it yeah definitely because I feel like weekends for working parents I know I because my husband is working so there's always this like pull between getting things done and then the bonding time or the family time and it's also really easy I think to get stuck in a rut when you have like designated days for things Mm -hmm. so for a working parent I think one of the nice things is that none of the things in this book require any extra it's just like we said like tweaking what you're already doing and if you do have an opportunity to influence your children's childcare, like with a nanny or a family member, or even like a really open daycare system, you know, I think this is a great tool for saying this is why we're doing this, or this is how I'm doing this. Could you carry this over? Or, you know, you have your recipes for play. And that's brilliant, because this isn't like something where if you read the chapter on the 25 months, it's like a four week plan for improving your child's use of facial relations. It's like, Hey, look, there's a box. Let's dump things in and talk about it. And this is how you can access this as a 14 month old. And this is how you can access it as a 24 month old. And it's the same box. 
and we can do like, and then you can, as a parent, I think it doesn't matter if you're working or staying home, you're still in awe of what your child is doing. Yeah. yeah, I know that not everyone has the luxury of 15 minutes to put thoughts away, but there is some time that you're spending alone with your toddler or as a family, and that's all you need is a little bit. Thank you, Rachel. This is great. Is there anything else that you would like to share? I think that seeing the world through your kids' eyes is so important and it can be so challenging at this age because we're always thinking about these like adaptive skills, you know, like the toilet training and the getting yourself dressed. And it's really nice to spend a little time just thinking about play, you know. So something I think even as adults we need to do better at. not just you know scrolling through Facebook and like whatever so yeah it's a great resource like a friend of mine asked me because I was talking about something I learned from the book and she was like well how did you get to read it already and I was like oh well it's because you know I'm part of the launch team but also you know I wanted this book to come out like (laughs) I read the one for the baby And so I, I really hope that, you know, anyone who hears me talk about it knows that I'm, I'm doing this because it's something I believe in. It's really, it's a great product. It's a great resource. Yay. I'm so happy you feel that way. Well, thank you for taking the time to chat with yeah, me today and for sharing your experience. Absolutely. If you're ready to understand your toddler, head over to Amazon and grab your copy today. You can learn more at strengthandwords.com slash toddler book. If you're curious about understanding your baby, head to strengthandwords.com slash book. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye, bigger kids. Goodbye, all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye, I yell it. Goodbye to Rachel. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. The Strength in Words podcast brings you information, tips, and resources about all things early parenthood and early childhood. Don't forget to download our free infant toddler development blueprint by heading to strengthinwords.com blueprint today. If you haven't yet done so, please do leave a review of the Strength in Words podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. That helps other people find the good work we're doing. And after you've done that, go ahead and share Strength in Words with a friend or colleague. See you next time.